Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed Word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. just awesome in this place he's awesome in our lives because he's a great protector he's a mighty defender he's the one who preserves our souls he's the one who protects us day in and day out he's the one that we owe our worship he's the one that we owe our very life we, we raise our lives to you oh God to you our hands we raise to you our lives we raise to God you are indeed awesome because you are you are strong, you are mighty, you are majestic, oh God. From beginning of 2018 up to now, Lord, if you have life in us, oh God, it's just your doing. It's just your doing, oh God. If we can still come here, oh Lord, and sing to you, it's just your doing. Because the devil had plans for something else. He wanted to steal our faith. He wanted to steal our joy. He wanted to steal our very lives. But Lord, you have preserved us. And you preserve our faith, oh God. Oh, Matali Kabo Sakaba. Reko Zuti Nikima Taleketika. Rekanoloboso Tekemika. You are worthy, you are worthy, oh God. Oh, to you, alas, we may. You are awesome. Oh, hey, sing it. Ah, 
like these oh, in moments like these oh, I'll lift up my eyes oh, I'll lift up a lot song to Jesus in moments like these yeah, I'll sing out a song I sing out a love song to singing. I love you, God. Singing, I love you, Lord. Oh, singing, I, I love you, Lord. Lord, you know we mean it, oh God. Singing, I. We don't always get it right. We know we are not always perfect, God. But today, when we sing this song, God, with an expression of love from our hearts, oh God, we love you, God. We love you. We can't do anything without you. You, when, when, when we are not okay with you, we are not at peace with ourselves. We are not at peace with ourselves. When we are not okay with you, oh God, oh God, may your love be poured upon us. May your grace be poured upon us, oh God. May your, may your, may your beauty, your beauty be poured upon us, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, say again, I love you, Lord. Say again. Just for the last time, let's sing it with meaning. Singing, I love you, God. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. Singing, I love you, Lord. Precious Messiah, precious Prince of Peace, thank you for your presence among us. Thank you, Lord, that you first loved us, even before we loved you, God. What mother of God you are, that you love us in spite of our shortcomings, our many, our, our many mistakes, oh God. Thank you for still loving us and showering your grace and your mercy upon us, oh God. Thank you, O oh God. It is to you and to only you that we've gathered, O oh God. It is to you we've gathered. And we are our prayers that receive our worship, receive our praise, receive our coming to you, O oh God. And bless us with your presence. Bless us with your word, your mighty word, your quickening word, O oh God. May we never ever be the same. Thank you, Father. May we not just love you for this moment, but Lord, give us that grace that every moment, every day, O oh God, we will sing, we love you, and we'll sing with we'll meaning. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And let the saints of God say, Amen.
Amen. Powerful. Let's put our hands together to the King of Kings as we welcome God's servant for this house, for this city, for the Raccoon Diocese, Reverend Gilbert Asamoa. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Father, Lord, thank you so much once again for gathering us, for bringing us close to your heart, for not rejecting us, for forgiving us our sins, Lord. Thank you for judging us righteous because you are merciful. We ask you, bless us, O God. Bring us into the entrance of your word with light. Let us have a touch of your anointing as we study the anointed and his anointing in the name of Jesus. Amen. Wonderful. We thank the Lord. Our God is a giver who never gets tired. Amen. And for me, it's a source of strength because if you have a neighbor that you are used to going to borrow pepper or salt. Like every time you go to the market, you forget to buy. Yesterday it was salt. And then the next day is pepper. And you keep going. You know, first time you go, you say, oh, don't worry about it. But if you keep going, I can guarantee you. Not that salt is very cheap. Salt is not expensive at all. So it's not about the cost, but it, it becomes a bother. It becomes an annoyance that they are in the middle of dinner that they have to stop and go and get the salt and give to you. And um, that's how human beings are. We get tired with people. Amen. It's only God by his grace that he trains us that we begin to behave like God. But God himself never gets tired of us. That's why when we keep coming, we have to keep on being grateful and thankful. That Because uh, there's also a way that somebody will receive you, but you can see that there's a change in the flow. Do you get it? There's a change in the relations because of something. Are you there? And so... Um, human beings are very complex and it's only by the Holy Spirit that after something has happened are you there that you can go back and relate the way it was before amen and why am I saying that you see when God forgives you the Bible says that as far as the east is from the west amen that is how far he has thrown our sins away from us so if you are here those of you who know your geography, which part of Columbus am I facing? Hey. <laughs> I'm facing north. I'm facing north. Yeah, I'm facing north. East is this way. If, 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 if you are not sure, eastern is east. If you, are going, if you are here, you are going to eastern, you are going east. Amen. So here is east. Here is north. Here is west, and behind me is what? South. 
Now, if the scripture says that as far as the east is from the west, so has he thrown our sins away from us. If I need to go to Hilliard, okay, which direction should I go? West, which means where? This way, okay. So if I, I'm supposed to go this way, and instead of going west, I head this way, okay, where would I be heading towards? East. And then east, what are the places in east? Uh, Eastern, Gahana, Pataskala. If you get on the Canal Winchester, if you get on the 70, you end up easily in Pennsylvania or West Virginia. So you see that if you need to go to the west and you head this way, it's like you are going further and further. You will never ever arrive at west if you head this way. So if God said he has thrown your, if your sins have been put in the west, right? And you go this way, are you going, ever going to see your sins? You will never see your sins. So in other words, it's forgotten. And for me, it's a mystery. And it's, it's a great comfort because I don't know about you, but I'm not perfect. Amen. <laughs> and and um, the devil's specialty, he's called the accuser of the brethren. What he does is that, you see, I was hearing a story, a preacher preach, and he said he had traveled to uh, one of the states. It doesn't even matter what state, but one of the states. And he said he was praying for a lady. Are you there? We, the preaching has started, though. Please, don't wait for something else. This is the preaching. Because I have not started what I was wanted to say, but the Holy Spirit seems to be leading me to say something. Amen. So this preacher said that um, he was praying for people in the line. And, and one lady, he felt the lady was not, like the, the, nothing was happening to her after he prayed. Nothing was happening. And so he paused and silently prayed to the Father. And said, why is she not, why is the power of God not touching her or going to her? And the father said that she has judgments against herself. Like she has not forgiven herself for something. So sometimes the forgiveness is not somebody or you yourself. Amen. And then the father revealed to him that when she was younger, she did an abortion. And then when she came to know the Lord, asked for forgiveness, the, the, the Lord said, I have forgiven her, but she has still not forgiven herself up to that day. And so, obviously, it's public, so he couldn't say all those details. But he said, you need to forgive yourself for something that happened at this age, blah, 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 blah. And she started crying. And then, then, then he said, the Lord said he has forgiven you, but you have not forgiven yourself. The moment she acknowledged that and forgave herself, whatever healing she needed happened instantly right there. Do you get it? So, so sometimes... We don't know what is blocking a blessing. And because the highway of the Lord has to pass through the cross. And once the cross has touched something, then it qualifies for the oil of God to come. Amen. The blood always precedes the oil. Are you there? The blood precedes the oil. The After the blood has touched you, you qualify for oil. In fact, the horn that was used to anoint David. Amen. Amen. You know, God instructed Samuel to put, uh, fill the horn with oil to go and anoint one, the sons of one of the sons of Jesse. Where did the horn used to be? 
It used to be part of who? An animal, a lamb, a man. And to get the horn, the animal had to die. And the horn, before it carried oil, carried blood. I mean, the inside was bloody. Are you there? It's all a sequence. That the cross and the anointing, the Holy Spirit always go, which leads me to the book. <laughs> Amen. I've meandered my way into the topic. What do you think? The anointed and his anointing. So I want to talk about the anointing creates your room. Amen. The anointing creates your room. Because you are going to discover that people in this world, you may think people are facing life with their eyes gani gani. Do you understand gani gani? Like with their bare eyes. It's not like that at all. Including um, certain, including certain um, academics and certain scholars and certain people who may want you to think that they only believe in natural physical things. But you'll be surprised that underground, some of them belong to certain societies. In fact, I met a certain man who was a professor. Not, not, not uh, Pastor Nicholas, but certain, some other man. <laughs> Amen. And in my short interaction with him, I found out that he does not believe in God and actually was very angry at God. Had a, some of the things he was saying, I can't repeat. Had a case against God and a case against Christ. And I was actually very, very concerned. Even the little time that I was there, I wanted to disappear. I wanted to leave. Amen. Okay. Then later I found out that he belonged. The way he was talking, I thought he was an atheist. Later I found that he belonged to a certain secret society. I said, ah, so these people, don't, don't be fooled in thinking that people are going through this life with nothing. There is a power behind people. Amen. Even those who make it seem like they don't believe in anything. Because if they don't believe in anything, that itself is a religion they believe in. Hallelujah. Okay. Let's look at Acts chapter 2. Because I, I say all these introductory remarks to whet our appetite for God. And for the oil of God or the Holy Spirit. Because once you come to a place of, once you come to a place of seeing that your efforts and everything you are doing doesn't seem to measure up. Hallelujah. I don't know whether you've been to that place before. Whereby you feel like, what else must I do? Amen. Then you must know that there has to be something else that goes beyond what you can do physically and naturally. And it doesn't take long for you to know that God does make a difference in our day-to-day -day lives. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 2, let's start from verse 35. This is, the, this is the message that the apostle Peter preached. On the day of Pentecost. We are we are studying from Bishop's book, The Anointed and His Anointing, but specifically the topic, Brother Erasmus, is chapter 16. The anointing creates your room. Hallelujah. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. Okay. Okay. Until I make that false that first tool. Okay, keep going. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly. That God has made that same Jesus, whom I denied. He didn't say that. Peter, 
Peter nicely didn't include himself in the indictment. He said, God has what? Made that same Jesus whom you crucified. Amen. <laughs> Both Lord and Christ. You see, after God has forgiven you, you don't need to keep up bringing up your sins. Between you and God, everything is fine. And so, I, I, if you have a problem, I have settled it with God. It's you guys. Now I'm preaching to Amen. Are you there? So he says that he has made him what? Lord and Christ. It's not another Christ, Jesus. The same Christ you crucified, whom you rejected. He has become Lord and Christ. Next verse. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Hallelujah. Then he gave the prescription, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. And be baptized. Repent means change your mind. Change the way you think. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Hallelujah. So, see, look at it. Look at it very closely. I was telling you about the sequence. The cross and the Holy Spirit. The blood and the oil. When you repent and you, you, you um, receive Christ for the remission of sins, the blood is applied. Hallelujah. After the blood of Christ has been applied to you, it qualifies you for the oil of God, with the Holy Spirit. So you see that after that, there's a comma, and then, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. So you will see that both, both of these two are actually gifts from God. Amen. Amen. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So, salvation is a gift from God. But beyond salvation, as a matter of fact, your salvation qualifies you for another gift. Amen. So, it says, the remission of the end, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. But what has happened is that many people, after they receive the first gift, feel that that is all that there is to God. Amen. But the scripture is saying that, look, after you have received the remission of sins, the, the gift of the remission of sins, it actually qualifies you for another gift. And if you don't want it, it doesn't mean the gift doesn't exist. The gift is there, but you have to be, first of all, be aware of it. And then secondly, you can be entitled to it. All right, so the anointing creates room for you. The anointing is the Holy Ghost. But we read that scripture you know, you, as you can see in chapter 16, that's the opening verse. And the reason we read that scripture is that the Holy Ghost is God's gift to you. It's the gift of God himself to you. Because, you see, if you don't know it's God's gift to you, you will not strive for it. You will not crave for it. You may actually think you are not qualified for it. Amen. And, you see, if you think of the Holy Ghost as God in terms of Holy Ghost not being just a force or an influence or a wind. Holy Ghost is God himself. And if you look at your size in relation to even the earth, you are very small. Amen. Amen. And if you think of God as the creator of the whole universe, what it means is that if Holy Ghost is God and he is the God's gift to you, then there is no place where we can ever be well, we feel that there's no more room for more. Hallelujah. I, does that make sense? Because God is so big that it's like you can't say that you have, ha 
enough of him. And so any teaching on anointing, any teaching that points to you to receive more of the Holy Spirit is an invitation to encounter God at a deeper and a greater level. Amen. Amen. What is that going to do for us? The anointing creates your room. Amen. Amen. Now, this scripture is not in the book, but that idea of a room, because obviously, obviously, this, the anointing creates your room is being used as a metaphor. Hallelujah. So, the anointing creates your room in terms of the anointing makes a room for you or makes a place for you. And so, there's a scripture where you, you, you get this idea from in 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. Let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19. And maybe we'll take it from verse number 13. The idea of a room is a practical thing. And if you've ever been in a small room before, there's a big difference between a small room and a large room. Amen. A small, uh, what do you call it, a closet and a large closet. If you've had a closet where to go to the closet, you have to go like this and look for your shoe or, or things. Versus a closet where you can walk in. They call it walk-in closet. Amen. Where you can actually have a table and a chair and read. Because some closets have lights. Light bulb there. Amen. And so, and so, um, these metaphors, these pictures are used so that we can relate to it. We can, we can, we can relate that just as we have physical places, right, so also, we also have spiritual places. And so now, Elijah has finished facing the prophets of Baal. And he has had a great victory. But his life, keep in mind that Jezebel, please make no mistake. People laugh at Elijah that he ran away from a woman. It's not just a woman he ran away from. Make no mistake. Jezebel was possessed by demons, devils, high-level devils. who She was the earthly representative of a demonic world. Hallelujah. You could say that well, why didn't Elijah continue to believe in God to deliver him? Well, sometimes when the thing comes in the physical, you can easily forget your faith. Amen. Are you there? And so, when we are reading, Elijah had run away and look at the screen. It was so when Elijah heard that, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. So, he was, he was at the place and there was a whirlwind and there was what? A sound and a whirlwind. And so he wrapped his face in a mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? What are you doing here? Amen. You see, when you read the Bible, try and place yourself in a contest. And also, try and find encouragement in the Bible. I find encouragement in the Bible because the Bible said Elijah was a man of like passions as you and I. Amen. And if you've been afraid before. If you've been afraid before, sometimes the devil can come and say, well, but I mean, if you are a man of God, I mean, I mean, a man of God, how come you were afraid? Amen. Bishop said, one church member, she was so sick, she was dying. She was dying. The bishop said, when he visited her and held her hand, you know, she lifted her eyes and said, Bishop, are you afraid? Bishop said, no, I'm not afraid. 
But in the preaching that I heard, Bishop said, but I was afraid inside. But I couldn't tell her I was afraid. Amen. Because people expect that you should be strong. Amen. But people don't realize that we are all human. Amen. Look at Elijah. He's running away. And the Lord is asking him, what are you doing here? When you read these accounts in the Bible, let that be an encouragement to you that if you fail, that's not the end of your life. That's not the end of you. You, you may have done something dumb, but that's not, you are not the first one to do something dumb. Amen. Amen. God is very used to this type of quixotic, foolish behavior. And he's working on all of us that we would, we would, we would get better and better. As a matter of fact, if God abandons us, who is next? Who, who, who is available for him to use? So, Sister Felicia, he has no choice but to work with us. Amen. That is not to say we should deliberately fool around. But the reality of the matter is that, look, even if you don't count from Adam, count from Christ. From Christ, now how many years do we have? 2,000 years of history. Because before Christ, you could say people didn't have understanding. People didn't have a knowledge of the cross. People don't, didn't have a knowledge of forgiveness. I mean, here is Christ on the cross and say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. So before Christ, let's say people didn't understand that. But now Christ has come to teach us all these things and has established the church. With the, but still, you realize that in 2,000 years of church history, there were a time, Brother Nicholas, that, that actually people stood up and felt that they, they were commissioned by God to kill fellow Christians. That if you don't, if you don't pray the way I pray, and if you don't, uh, uh, those were the times of, of, the, of the dark ages where people thought they were working for God. And, and they were actually, in the name of God, committed all kinds of atrocities. Do you get it? But if you read the book of James, it says that the, the Lord, the Father, is a husband's man waiting patiently for the precious fruit of the earth. A farmer waiting patiently for the precious fruit of the earth, which is us. And God is patient and waiting on us to ripe and bear good fruit. Hallelujah. So me, I, I, I mean, there's no amount of whatever that would discourage me about myself or about anybody. I look at the scripture, I realize that these guys in the scripture that we call heroes, they have, they have faults just like us. Amen. But God worked with us, with them. Look at it. Okay, what are you doing here, Elijah? Next verse. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts. So he begins to list his resume. Amen. Amen. Resume. Never go to the Lord with your resume. Because everything you have done, God has seen, not, not only has he seen what you have done, he has seen better ones than you. The only reason why God is using us is he's showing us mercy. It's mercy. As a matter of fact, as a result of me preaching, I think I've become a better person. But as a result of, because if I have not forgiven my wife, do you get it? How can I come here in, in church and be preaching about forgiveness? So, so, so I am forced to forgive her, even if I don't want to. Amen. Are you getting it? When you do the work of God, actually you become better. And then also certain scriptures you will never have read. You will read it. You will read this scripture and then it begins to work on you. And then you get to a place where you are not just going through the motions. You actually genuinely want to be used by God. Hallelujah. So look at it. He's listing his resume. I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant. As if God doesn't know this. <laughs> Thrown down thine altars and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, 
Even I only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. See, if you ever feel like complaining, you're not the first one to complain. Look at Elijah complaining. Keep going. And the Lord said unto him, Go, look at it, go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. Okay? Who said God is not interested in the nations? Go and anoint Hazel to be king over, Isha, uh, over Syria. Next. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Meholah, shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. Hallelujah. So, you, Elijah, you, you, you think, you say that you've done enough. You are complaining you want me to take your life? Do me a favor. Do these three things before you die. Okay? It seems like you are tired of your work. Meanwhile, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, was what? Feeding oxen and doing this oxen business in Eber Mahola. And the guy had been meditating on the scripture and said, Lord, use me. Because the reason why I say that, we are not going to read the account, but how did Elisha know? That when Elijah comes and throws his mantle on him, how did Elisha know what it means? Because when he threw the mantle on him, somehow Elisha knew that it means that God is choosing him. So in other words, that guy was not just into, uh, what do you call it, uh, 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 plowing business and kebab business. He wasn't just into that. Which is what you are. You and I are lay workers. Okay? <laughs> we, are, we, we, are, we, are, we You could be a teacher. You could be a nurse. You could be a, an office administrator. But that's, that doesn't mean that's all you do. You must be meditating on God and also waiting the right moment for the mantle to come upon you. Because you are much more than what the world thinks you are. When you are in this church, we want to train all of us that we want the anointing. And, and the world has their own estimation of you. But you want to, you want to respond to God that God's estimation of you is that, look, you are not just plowing with uh, 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 12 years of oxen. And now, a room is being prepared for Elisha. Hallelujah. Amen. The anointing creates your room. So that's where that expression came from. What are the points in the book? The anointing creates the room of ministry that you will operate in. Hallelujah. Proverbs 18 and verse 6. The anointing creates the room of ministry that you will operate in. God is very big. But he has sliced out and parceled out different functions and different roles and different purposes for the body of Christ. Now, whatever your calling is, there is commensurate anointing that goes with it. Amen. And so the anointing that comes upon you creates a room, creates an office, creates all the things that come with it. So, for instance, if somebody finishes uh, med medical school, Finishes, uh, what do you call it? Yeah, uh, residency, and they, they, they open a doctor's office. Do you get it? When a doctor's office is open, what are the things that come with it? Does the doctor operate on their own? They have staff. So, just by virtue of the education that the doctor acquired, it creates what? A practice. And that practice comes with certain things. 
you're going to need nurses. You're going to need uh, other assistants. You're going to need relationships with uh, a lab, uh, a place where people will draw their blood and go and check. You may not own it, but you need to have a place to send people to. Hallelujah. You're going to need a janitor. You're going to need someone to take care of the staff at the end of the day. So that person's uh, education that they acquired, all of a sudden it has created a practice out of which many other things come. And so you see, the anointing creates a room of ministry or, or a room of waiting on, a room of service. And, and, and you can treat this purely for pastoral purposes or church work purposes. You can treat it that way. But I want you to think even outside of the box of this verse. Because every function or purpose that God has given to you, there's an anointing that God has for you in that regard. Like for instance, you see, do you realize that not everybody has the same heart? Like you may go somewhere and a lot of little children don't have food and a lot of little children don't have a, a footwear and then five people will see all of that. One person um, and they will all say, hey, some will say, look at that, look at them, look at bad parents, look, look at how they have left their children running around like that. But a person who is called to take care of the disadvantage, like maybe one day start an orphanage. That person is not going to look at the case and start blaming the parents. He said, oh, this thing has touched my heart. One day, if the Lord blesses me, I'm going to start an orphanage. Does that make sense? Because it's your calling. A person, whatever your calling is, you notice things that other people don't notice. Are you there? And so, and so the scripture, oh, we said we were going to Proverbs 18 and verse 6. Proverbs 18 and verse 6. Hallelujah. The anointing creates the room of ministry that you would operate in. Bishop said the anointing that you would, the anointing you have would define your room on this earth. The anointing, by the way, another way of seeing the anointing is the grace of God on your life. The anointing is the grace of God on your life. We can't do anything without the grace of God. In fact, Jesus himself said, I can do, the son can do nothing except what he sees the father doing. Amen. And so, when he said the room of ministry, he's talking about the extent or how wide or how small what you are going to do will amount to. And so, and so the calling you have requires a certain anointing. Now, the anointing on you will keep you at a place or it will let you grow out of bounds to another place. If, if you want a big something, then you need a big anointing. The anointing matches what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. And so it says that F, is that the right verse? Maybe it's verse number 16. Because the, the um, it's definitely, probably, uh, yeah. A man's gift maketh room for him. Hallelujah. And bringeth him before great men. So now think about this. A man's gift, a lot of things that are true in the spiritual is also true in the natural. But what God is showing us is that there is something beyond the natural called anointing. But even in the natural physical world, there is gifts that sometimes you can see somebody is gifted in something. Like, like um, people who are very good at basketball. Do you get it? Maybe the, the person may not be very good in another area, but their gift of sports can bring them before important people. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, this scripture is not only in terms of 
anointing as in Holy Spirit, but a person's gift make a room for him and brings them before great men. The room of ministry or the room of life, that whatever the grace of God upon your life is, it begins to make a room for you. So for instance, there are some people who, who know how to conduct themselves around uh, important people. They know how to talk. They know when to be quiet. They know when to talk. A person who doesn't have that gift, if, you, if, if they are going to meet the president, they will not bring you along because you're going to say something that you're not supposed to say. Amen. Are you there? And so, uh, so what I'm saying is that we are starting from natural gifts to spiritual gifts. There are certain natural gifts that when you have, it will bring you before great people. You know, even people, how to deal with people is a gift. Some people have it. Hallelujah. There are some people, they have something that attracts people towards them. That one too is a gift. You will see that everybody is angry. Or that there, are, there are some people that are very difficult. That nobody knows how to deal with them. Do you get it? But then a person who knows how to deal with people, you see that somehow they have a way with the person. That one too is a gift. There are so many different gifts that can land you at a place where other people cannot go. And so all that happens already in the natural plane. Are you there? But now what we are saying is that once when you have the gift of the Holy Spirit in the area that you have been called to function, that creates a room and a place for you. You know, I heard about uh, the late um, Senator McCain. You know, I mean, if you were to ask me what is his gift, specific gift, I mean, what would you say? I may not be able to specifically say this or that. I mean, of course, he had a he's he's he said to have a nature that is able to relate with people of opposite ideas. That was one of the things that he was known for. They say he was a maverick. That he didn't always vote on party lines. If he thinks that this is not a good issue, he will vote with the Democrats. And so he would always get into issues with his party. Amen. But I found out that he was uh, in the Navy school. He was fourth. He was the last from the bottom. I mean, the fourth from the bottom. Are you following what I'm saying? Like, if 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 we are buying the results from the bottom, do you get it? He was number four. But you see, he became a very important person. I mean, he was given barrier with military honors. So he may not have been good in terms of academic excellence, but he had another gift. The, the ability to work with di different people of conflicting ideas. That one also is a gift. So what we are saying is that in, even in the physical world, we can see that many people, their gift brought them to great places. But now, if natural gifts can create a room for people, then how much more when you have the gift of God himself? The anointing will make a room for you in any endeavor. You need to begin to desire the anointing for that endeavor that you are doing. Because there are places that you are supposed to be. That your education cannot take you there. Hallelujah. You are going to find out that everybody has the same education. 
So if you say you are MCQ, uh, BTW, it's not, it's not a, a big deal for people. Hallelujah. It is certain other little, little traces of things that people will notice on you that may be the one that will shoot you to the next level. And begin to take note of it and begin to pray that, Lord, this is something that, because sometimes people notice some things about you, but there is it's what they call raw talent. Because even in acting or many physical things, there is the raw talent, which you need to perfect and sharpen. But, but then God can add a supernatural element to the raw talent you already have. Hallelujah. What we are talking about is not to throw away your raw talent or your natural gifts, but we are saying that there is an, a, a spiritual endowment from heaven that can come upon you, that can make what you do, what would naturally have reached this place, go to the next level. A lot of the inventions, okay, happened because there was a sudden leap of insight that came to somebody. People didn't know that Sir Isaac Newton was so much deep into God and Bible until after he died. They discovered his notes. Are you there? So that as he was pursuing his scientific interest, he was also studying God. He was an ardent student of Bible prophecy. He was, he was enthralled with the temple. And he was doing math, the distances between London and Jerusalem and the implications, all kinds of things. What I'm saying is that even in the natural, what people are acclaimed and known for, do you know that often it is a download from heaven that made that person who was already good in what they are doing catapult them to another level? Your anointing will make room for you. Put your hands together unto the Lord. Wonderful. Let us pray and let us bring the Lord an offering. Father, we are grateful to you. For we believe that all knowledge derives from you. Christ, your son, is the source of all knowledge and wisdom. And we also know that promotion comes neither from the west nor from the east, but from the north, from you, O God. We look to you that your anointing will come upon our lives and bring us into the place of ministry you have designed for us. The place of service that you have ordained for us before the foundation of the world. We give to you, Lord, our gratitude and our offerings in the name of Jesus. Amen.